Welcome to Tales from the First Tee. I'm your host, Rich Easton, recording from beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. In this episode, Dan Gaeta from Operation VetFit takes us through two things. First, an upcoming charity golf tournament at Charleston National on February 5th. In the second part of this, he speaks to how he can help vets connect with government programs. There's a formula. There's a process. He takes us all through that. And for anybody listening that is a vet or is a loved one of a vet, I think this is really powerful. Stay tuned. You and I met at the first tee, and you were playing golf, and you said how you felt golf helps you help vets. Talk to me about that. Oh, man. So, you know, typically, therapeutically, for mental health, what do you do? You go into a hospital or a building. It's usually cold. It's usually cement walls or cement floors, and it's gray or some, some you know, a generic mental health facility color. And you go into what's usually a 10 by 10 office with a doctor who's sitting on the other side of a desk who's taking notes and typing, right? Because he's got he's to he's fill out all the boxes, right? So you're not having any kind of client rapport or any patient rapport. Um, golf is very different and very special. Imagine you wanted to go see your mental health clinician. And instead, he goes, I'll meet you at Charleston National. We're going to go play some golf. Because he's already asked you, he knows you play golf. And 18 holes of golf is four, four and a half hours. Anyone that would tolerate more than an hour, hour and a half of a mental health session in an office might need some other mental health work done. Because it's, it's boring sitting there talking in a space where on the golf course, it's not a space. Look around you. Remember Francine Shapiro walking through the woods? Right, with the IEM, right. Yep, all right. So EMDR, which she evolved based on this adaptive information processing. You take a bad shot in golf and you're with your clinician. It's just a bad shot in golf, right? But what happens during the cart ride from ball to ball to ball to ball is this unfolding in four and a half hours where as a clinician, I can get four months worth of sessions of information, especially a biopsychosocial evaluation in one round of golf. And I can leave the place, veterans leave the place feeling better, reductions in anxiety, depressive symptoms down, PTSD symptoms down. It's measurable. I can prove it. Um, it's the same thing with exercise. We have to move. The human body was not meant to sit. It was meant to move, to be used. When it is not, when you don't move it, you lose it. That is why the people, and I'm I'm drawing a broad brush here, during this pandemic, that is why the people who are not fit, have multiple comorbid, comorbid issues, generally sedentary and elderly, are the ones that were, and pardon my use of the word, because we've lost some friends too, purged by this pandemic. If you're not incorporating exercise or physical activity into your life that involves the golf course or the beach or open spaces, 
you're missing something. You're missing, there's a void that you're not filling. Yeah, something we've noticed, and it's not just where I work across the street. I think it's in most golf courses that stayed open is they just saw a flurry of people that had to get out. They had to get out of their house. They were told that they, were, they couldn't do anything anymore. They couldn't go shop. They couldn't go eat. They, you know, and if they did go shopping for groceries, they did it as quick as possible and they were masked up. And so now we're just seeing so many more tea times being filled in all these golf courses in this area. So somebody gets that it is very therapeutic in in, in a lot of ways. Um, So you have, not only do you take people out and play golf, but you have a tournament that you do. Tell me a little bit about this charity tournament. Thanks for bringing that up, Rich. Um, It's uh, February 5th at Charleston National. That's going to be a 12 o'clock shotgun start. We've already got, so our veterans play for free. That's the fun part of this one. Our donors help us raise the money. Last year, we put 25 veterans on the course for free. I think this year, we're up to almost 40-something veterans, all playing for free. Uh, we got a very generous $5,000 donation from the VFW Post in North Charleston, huge. Uh, Lindy Corp uh, gave us another $500 donation. All these local vendors around here that are donating auction items. The difference this year is last year, we were able to do the golf tournament uh, recognition or the uh, dinner and silent auction. And during right. that dinner, I was able to really kind of go uh, over a bio of what Operation BetFit was and what we do. And it was pretty special because the people that were there got it. And we ended up helping a lot of veterans after that that were present, which I love about. To no one's surprise, while the charity golf tournament itself doesn't miss a beat in this pandemic, the format of the dinner and silent auction post the golf event had to be canceled. But a Marine like Dan doesn't rest his head in his hands and say, oh, woe is me. He takes action. One of the Marine mottos, adapt, improvise, overcome. Or at least that's what I think it is. I saw that in Heartbreak Ridge and it's, it made a big impression on me. This is, this is, this is you can look at every situation. Yeah. So you're going to spin the positive on this yeah. now, right? So here's how, here's what happened. Here's what happens right. now. So the combining a golf tournament with a dinner and silent auction is a major undertaking. Typically you would pay an event company to manage that. Me and my wife and a, really? a few volunteers carry the whole load. Okay. Um, and we have since the beginning. Uh, and I don't, I don't, I, I just mean, it takes a lot of people to do this stuff and, and what two people and a few other volunteers have been able to do has been nothing but explain through divine providence. It's like, God, I'm your vessel. Use me. And he's using me. And, and that's how it feels. It's, it's, it's crazy. So the silent auction, we're just using eBay. So as we get the raffle items or the silent auction items, I'm just putting them up on eBay. 100% goes to Operation BetFit. And eBay has the, the, the ability to let you know, yes, 100% is going to Operation BetFit. We're already she figured almost, out a solution. We're already almost at what we made last year in auction items and they're still coming in the mail. As soon as I get them, I put them up. And they get sold and guess what? That doesn't require our usage of the building, the facility. How does a company or individual give you, donate an auction item Perfect. for this? Um, typically, most companies are doing gift cards, certificates. Um, if it's something of an actual item, like a putter or something like that, mail it to me. They're contacting you. They're contacting me. Directly. And contacting you with your email address that I'm going to say in a few minutes. You got here. it. Right. Yep. Okay, got it. 
Dan okay. at OperationVetFit.org. Well, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Dan at Veteration, uh, I mean, OperationVetFit.org. And I'm the only contact point on our website, OperationVetFit.org. Yeah, and you're on it all day, and you can see it. It comes right to you. Coming to me. It comes to you. And when you're a small surgical operation, you can do it this way. When you become too large, you disconnect from the people you're trying to ultimately serve. Well, we've we'll, seen this throughout the evolution. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been in companies that started small and ended up uh, busting their seams. And obviously, you have to put others in charge when you do that. But you're a Marine. Yeah. So you know how to do that. When, as you grow, and I, I just can tell my listeners, Dan's going to grow. As you grow, you'll figure out how to handle that growth so that people, you can service people yeah. the same way you would have if it was, if it was just you. Yeah. So you just have to hire people that think the same way you do. Yeah. And, and right? our, our goal is to make sure that we are only, uh, this will be the first year we actually have paid subcontractors or employees. Uh, this will be the first year in eight years. So we're, we're excited about that. Uh, but we also have a very low uh, portion that we will allow to go to salaries and stuff like that. We're not this. I won't say any names of organizations, but we're, we're a small dollar figure number that um, is maximizing on the teachings of servant leadership to carry out our mission. Which is something you studied when you were in yeah. college. Yeah. Right. So you're taking a good portion of what you bring in and you're putting it back out yeah. to help these people. Yeah. yeah. Most of our money that goes out is usually camaraderie based events for veterans and mental health services. All right. So you have a golf event. Uh, it's February 5th. And for listeners, um, if you'd like to donate, it's Dan at OperationVetFit.org. And you can also go to the website, OperationVetFit.org slash golf. And that's the actual webpage for the golf tournament with the link to sign up, sponsor, register, everything. If you'd like to donate to OVF or provide an item for auction for the February 5th charity event, Contact Dan at OperationVetFit.org. There's no item too small. There's no donation too small. Everything adds up, and you know our veterans can use it. The VA um, has programs. They have programs to help vets. You know, historically, it's been uh, challenging for vets to access some of these programs. And it still might be, you said it's more online now, which I think helps a little bit. So what does your organization do to help them access some of these programs? Sure. So the, the challenge that we ran into from 2012 to present is that the VA seemed to have an ever-moving target to access a benefit. So the system that you used in 2010 was different and the forms were different than in 2012 than in 2014. And then... Um, with What's this, causing those changes? Is it technology? Is it administrations changing? Uh, bureaucracy and the VA trying to catch up with the, the overload. And what happened in 2017, or after uh, this President Trump was elected, there seemed to be a huge push of accountability standards in the VA, which pushed a lot of these processes online. So the first thing I tell every single veteran to do as soon as you get out, you go to the VA website, you go to My Healthy Vet and you set up your My Healthy Vet account. That then allows you to set up a premium feature, all free. 
which then allows you to communicate electronically to your primary care doctor and any other department, including the patient's advocate if you're having issues. The reason that electronic communication is so important is it includes a date timestamp. So it allows the, the bureaucracy, in this case the VA, to know that patient A said that his, his leg wasn't working and something's wrong and he's having extreme pain on day one. Well, he didn't get a reply from his doctor for seven days, or he got a reply within two hours. So that helped them, you know, increase some efficiency standards. Creates an electronic audit trail. Yes. Okay. And, and they know that, you know, the date timeline is being tracked. Like, we have to answer these veterans. Where if I were to call the VA and try to figure out what button, what prompt, what the, I, would be on, I would be on hold or on the phone for a half an hour. So stop calling the VA. Set up your My Healthy Vet account, one. And then, if you have any injuries, you apply for your disability income, step B, using e-benefits. So, these systems are in place. Now, here comes the challenge. Username and passwords. Setting up access to these various things. Got to change the password every 90 days. Ah, uh, you know, all I had things. that one company yes. which drove me absolutely crazy. So, right. the technology that right. is there, if you are patient and savvy, it's smooth, streamlined, and fluid. But for the 86 year old Korean War vet or the 98 year old World War II vet, yeah, you're 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 doing an injustice to them. That yeah, being no. said. That's why organizations like us, the Disabled American Veterans, the American Legion, and the VFW, all have service officers. Those service officers are supposed to be trained annually on how to connect the veteran with the resource. If you have a, like the VFW post here, 3137 IOP, that's, that's an all-American post almost like almost all the time. And what it takes to become an all-American post is they have to do a certain amount of things in the community and for their veterans that meet their basic four pillars of their existence, right? So they do visits. Anyway, that, that post does it right. And then there's other posts who barely can get enough people to show up at a meeting. So here's the challenge. Finding a successful VFW post versus one that's just barely staying alive and maybe the guys are just there because that's all they've known for the last 50 years. Is the point of the VFW post for interaction with vets and to help them access their benefits? Uh, correct. So the VFW and the American Legion, so the VFW are veterans that served in a foreign war. Right. The American Legion are veterans that served during a time of uh, foreign conflict. And I believe the American Legion has opened up their eligibility to all veterans all times. So the American Legion essentially is for all veterans. The VFW is for veterans that served in foreign wars. Got it. So there's the difference in the two. And disabled American veterans are for veterans that have a um, rating, disability rating through the VA. Do vets get any kind of exit interview or any kind of exit meeting with a superior or somebody? Like in corporate life, yes. you have HR. Yes. And typically, unless you're being fired and there are some serious circumstances, you're going to have a meeting. They're going to give you... Um, outplacement. Yes. They're going to give you all these, you know, basically um, it's like breadcrumbs to help you 
re-engage with the next company, what does the military do? I would say the DOD, at least the Marine Corps, from what I know, has in place uh, one of the strongest, most effective transitional assistance programs that I've ever heard of. Are you part of that? Uh, No, the the DOD does it in-house. It's basically, it's called checking out. So when you're going to get out of the Department of Defense, you get this sheet that you have to, if they do a physical sheet now, now it's probably electronic on an app, but a sheet, and you have to go to all these different departments, dental, supply, you gotta turn your gear in, you gotta bring your stuff back, you gotta go see the first sergeant, you gotta see the sergeant major, you gotta see the commanding officer, yes. And they provide a day long and sometimes two day long transition assistance um, seminar where they help you choose what your path's gonna be. Maybe you're gonna be a truck driver, maybe you're gonna go work US government, US Postal Service, maybe you're gonna go defense contractor, maybe you're gonna go to college route, maybe you're gonna go self-employment. They provide all this information to help you do all that. But what happens is veterans, I'm sorry, active duty members that are looking forward to getting the hell out and getting their DD-214, which is their, you know, their certificate of discharge, they don't, and this is part of that post-service behavioral regression, they want to throw their phone off and flick off the base when they drive off in many cases. The last thing they're thinking about is what they're going to do. So it's up to the service member to utilize the transitional assistance program information that they're being provided, that they have to be provided in order to get out. If you show up to class and don't take notes, don't expect the information to be valuable. You see what I'm saying? Right, they have to take responsibility for themselves. You're saying a lot of them aren't, which gets them in a situation where now they need you because they didn't pay attention on their way out. Well, check it out. Let's talk about the suicide issue, right? Because that's our mission. Veterans that get discharged administratively before their end of active service aren't afforded any of this crap. These are the ones who are killing themselves. It's not the veteran that served four years and did six combat tours. It's the veteran that served less than two years, got kicked out under other than honorable, had no access to benefits, and is, in general terms in the Marine Corps, a shitbag. Welcome to society. Welcome back. Here you go. And that's what they hand us, right? Do you know what percentage that is of people leaving the military? Any idea? That's a tiny percentage. Small percentage. Small percentage. But it's a big problem because those are the ones killing themselves. So, yeah. Because 1% is a big percent for somebody who's got a loved one. So check this out. So that happens. They get out. They have no resources. They have no access to resources. What we just identified, President Trump tried to resolve when his administration in March of 2017, after our organization, High Ground for Veterans, Disabled American Veterans, Legion, VFW, all implored the Department of Defense to provide mental health services for these veterans who aren't eligible because they got in trouble. So March 2017, President Trump says, you know what, you're right. Any veteran in crisis, no matter what his discharge status, He's not eligible for mental health aid at the VA. But what's the problem with that? The veteran is already in fucking crisis. It's got to stop before they get to the crisis point. Now, what veteran in crisis is going to say, yeah, I'll go to the VA now after you told him to fuck off, after the DOD kicked me out. And a lot of these kids, not yeah, all of them. They've been disenfranchised. And, and not right. all of them. Now, here's the thing. The, 
I believe the bill might be being passed as we speak or soon. They are trying to implement a bill now that makes it so if you got in trouble and kicked out because of behavior associated with trauma, remember the DSM-5? Yeah. Reckless behavior, mm-hmm. reckless and dangerous behavior. That's a, that's a symptom of PTSD that's being expressed by these guys that get back from combat that have only been in for two or three years and they get kicked the fuck out. So they come home, they're drinking a lot, they're trying to get all these memories flying around in their head, they get all these feelings, all these emotions, they think they're going crazy because everyone around them says, yo, bro, you ain't right, something's off. You're, you're, no, nothing's off. He just evolved exponentially faster than you did here at home and saw shit that you'll never see. And he's trying to wrap his head around how is this? How do I normalize this? Yeah. Right. I know we're kind of going all over. No, no. So then, how? Okay. So now you have that individual. They've been uh, administrative discharge. Can you get them in touch with any kind of government? services to help them or yes. are you okay yeah, what are the things have, you do for them is what i should really ask first thing we do is we connect them with their elected legislative leaders um it's and high ground for veterans advocacy group has done a great job there are that's what i was going to say there are they're working on laws right now to help veterans overturn administrative discharges that's actually being worked on right now If they can overturn all the administrative discharges for veterans that actually served in combat, came home with PTSD and did something stupid or smoked weed and got popped on a piss test and got kicked out because of no tolerance policy, should their whole lives be jeopardized and their families and their access to all the resources that they were willing and able to put themselves on the line for? And oh, by the way, also went fought in combat, came home a little jacked up. It's hard to wrap your head around shit if you may never wrapped it around that's why learning anything new creates anxiety and stress doing something new because you know our we want to be homeostasis right we want to be everything this is the way we've been doing it this is good so you help them get help in one way either help by fighting um getting rid of administrative discharge helping them fight that or there are other things you do for them as well absolutely there's the Department of Defense and the VA are not the only shows in town, the biggest one, right? But you have your local churches, you have you know local um, social services agencies, you have other large corporations and companies that are trying to leverage the funding for veterans housing and other services. Um, it's, it's, about, it's about broadening and connecting your network. And and connecting with resources that help other people access what they need. Everything that veterans want right now, that they deserve right now, they can get through the VA's My Healthy Vet portal for medical and the Veterans Business Administration portal portal, uh, e-benefits for anything disability, education, and benefit rated. It's all there. It just keeps changing. One of the biggest things we have to set up our veterans for Patience. You got to be patient. Expect to have to appeal two times, maybe three. Just expect it as part of the process. If a veteran applies for disability or vocational rehabilitation or medical benefits, just expect to wait. And this is why I tell people, hey, jackass, stop waiting until your father's 85 years old to get him into the VA. 
Soon as you get out, go to the VA, get your primary care doctor, because you need your blood work annually. You need to check in with your doctor annually. It's important. You can find something early and soon and get on it. The, the, the combat masculine warrior paradigm hat, okay, can be taken off and put on the shelf when you're out. And you could put on your dad hat or your community leader hat or your big brother or big sister cat. And you can be that person. But first, we got to be able to feel and process what we saw, put it in its appropriate place, and replace those negative cognitions and emotions with more positive ones so that our general sense of self can be lifted. Got it. What message would you want to give any and every vet who's listening to the podcast? What is the takeaway that... After hearing this podcast, you've got a message for them to help them in life. Okay. So, so know this. It doesn't matter how many times you've been kicked down. No matter how many times you've been on top of the pile and knocked to the bottom of the pile. As long as you're alive and still living, you can still get up and you can still conquer whatever it is you seek to conquer. If I, a kid who barely graduated high school would have never gotten to college, who had every every label that the doctors can throw on me, thrown on me, grew up in an environment where, you know, uh, my mom is doing great today, but during that time she was, you know, sometimes passed out. My father would come home and beat us. And um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, those that have endured that and have maintained a faith in God, and his divine presence and power to heal and protect, your, your lives are limitless. And all those hardships, all, all those falls can either be steps up towards your ultimate self-realization or the pity party that you throw yourself every moment of your existence. You get to choose. I want our veterans to choose a path that respects their service to the country, no matter how long, no matter how short, that tries to incorporate the ideology of the teachings of leadership and training and esprit de corps and discipline and incorporate those into their lives. The whole meaning behind per aspera ad astra is through hardship to the stars. All of our hardships in life, whether it be combat, personal, economic, emotional, it doesn't matter, are either emboldening layers over a broken bone that make the joint stronger or it's just going to destroy you. But you get to choose which path you take every fucking breathing moment of your life and don't let anybody take that away from you. So all vets and even non-vets operationvetfit.org Dan Gata. He makes a difference. He made a difference in his own life. He's making a difference in a lot of other lives. Give him a call. Write him. Connect with him. I think you'll be happy. And I think you'll make others around you happy as well. And with that, I say, Dan, thank you very much for sitting and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Let's go play some golf. All right.
You've been listening to Tales from the First Tee. I'm your host, Rich Easton, recording from beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. While I haven't had the opportunity to work or serve in the armed forces, my father did a tour as a paratrooper in the army at the end of World War II. The service changed the trajectory of his life as it did for Dan. We enjoy the freedoms afforded to us like free speech, freedom of press, internet democracy, and the freedom to vote. We all have these freedoms supported by the soldiers in the armed forces. In a time where we're divided and feel we've either been misled by those in power or coming into power, and certainly confused by the media with a loud megaphone. Know this, our vets keep the forces of evil and destruction from entering and possessing our United States. They deserve all the help and loyalty that they can get.